Welcome to Soul Via Soul, the podcast where we embark on a journey of self-love and true wellness. I'm your host, Jada, and I'm absolutely delighted to have you here with me as we dive into all things mind, body, and soul. Now, what do you say we get this thing started? Let's dive in. I can look at pretty almost anything in somebody's life and I can see where clutter is happening. This concept of too much of something that is no that is no longer serving. When we are surrounded by things that we that are full of old energy or, or old memories, it, it actually impacts us on a physical and mental level. It actually prevents us from moving into that new relationship or that new, or that just feeling lighter. You start decluttering your home. You start taking better care of yourself in some other area. You start putting boundaries in place somewhere else. And like these things start kind of bouncing off of each other and your life just gets better and better. It's, it's, it's amazing. So here's a question, and this is a deeper question. Why are we so attached to our stuff? Oh boy. Human beings are attached to symbolism. I mean, so that's our, our quick, easy answer. I am so excited to have a longtime colleague on the podcast today, Kate Evans. And we met, we actually shared clients for years before we actually ever locked eyes on one another and met in person. And I remember so many of our shared clients because Kate, you're a therapist and I'm a therapist. And in our, I want to say former life, because we're still obviously connected and doing our shared work now, but when we mostly wore therapy hats in our, our past careers, me a little bit more, and you still are a therapist as well. I mean, I don't know that that ever comes out of your bones when you're a therapist, right? You're kind of always yeah. that. Um, but I remember shared clients would say, you're so much like Kate. <laughs> yeah. You're so much like Kate. And I'd be like, I got to meet this woman. And I remember when we met, it was really like, oh my goodness, like she has curly hair like me. Like she like is totally integrative mind body like me. Like, oh my gosh, we're like soul sisters. <laughs> I don't know if you felt that, but. <laughs> I get, most definitely. I think I knew that even before we met, but when we actually finally like met face to face, it was like, oh yeah, yep, this is, this is right. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, we still have shared clients, which is awesome. And I remember when I got the nudge to start my own business, integrated health and wellness. And then when I got the the second nudge to start my online wellness company, you were one of the first people I reached out to because all of a sudden our shared clients were like, well, Kate's doing this new thing. She's like coaching. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so I stalked you and I looked at all your stuff and I was like, oh, oh my goodness, we're doing the same thing. Like we were moving in that direction mm -hmm. at the same time, parallel lives, had no idea. And then all of a sudden I realized that our companies even have a similar name. They do. Yeah. So people tuning in know I'm soul via soul, but Kate, 
tell us about Soulful Space and how this evolved and who are you here to serve? Well, so Soulful Space um, is a decluttering coaching company. I am Soulful Space. I am the company. And it evolved from my own experience of having worked on my own health and wellness. I had worked on my physical health. I'd worked on my mental and emotional health. I was in the process of working on a lot of my own spiritual health. And I started to research decluttering and cleaning and these things, things that I had, I had always labeled myself as a slob previously. And so this limiting belief had really held me back. And I just, having worked on all these other parts of my wellness, I was ready to take care of my home. So I launched into a two and a half month process of decluttering my own home. And in the process of that, I realized that taking care of your home is self-care. And I created systems so that all these years later, my house is still decluttered. It still has systems and I'm adjusting and adapting. But I swore to myself at that time that I was going to help other people feel this way. And it was, it's so much more than the decluttering books out there that you read. It's so much more than what they're able to tap into because they don't have the background in psychology that I have. So what I'm able to do is I'm able to look at it and see all the feelings, the, the sense of shame, the guilt, the fears, the overwhelm, all these things that people are dealing with. Cause they think that most people I run into, they think, well, I should be able to read this book. I should be able to read Marie Kondo's book at, on decluttering and just poof declutter my home. So there must be something wrong with me if I'm not doing that. And so with soulful space, what I wanted to do is to be able to help people to understand what got their home to this place. And also what, because if we, then I look deeper and their lives are going to be cluttered too, because they're needing to work on their physical health, their mental and emotional health, their spiritual health. Like this is all this holistic picture. So the people that I help are those who they're kind of, they're a little lost. They're very overwhelmed and they need that support. They need the accountability and they need someone to help them to gain that insight into themselves so that they can let go of all the shoulds, get past all those barriers and create a home that they actually want to live in, that they're proud of. And it's all such a, like a domino effect sort of thing where it might sound like, well, this is ridiculous. Why would doing something with your house change anything about your life? But I'm telling you, you de you start decluttering your home. You start taking better care of yourself in some other area. You start putting boundaries in place somewhere else. And like these things start kind of bouncing off of each other and your life just gets better and better. It's, it's, it's amazing. I love this work so much. And it, 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 it it's interesting because we do similar work, but in different ways. And we come at it in almost the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. and, and part of it is like, I work with the, the physical body and the mental body, like the integration of mind body, but it starts with 
you mentioned cleaning your house is a self-loving gesture. For me, health and wellness is secondary to loving you. So mm-hmm. it comes from love. And when when I help a woman learn to love herself, same thing, limiting beliefs. How did I get here? I feel stuck. I don't know where to start. It's so similar. And I can absolutely identify as you're talking how I feel in a space that's clean and how mm-hmm. that makes me feel and how I take on the energy of the room. And that's in, you know, your, your house is literal. Like we're going to look at the things in your space and we are going to declutter them, but clutter actually can be lots of things. I mean, it's a, it's anything that's excessive or unnecessary or, you know, something that limits in some way, it can be materials obviously piled up all over the place, but it could also be, um, emotional clutter. And, I think that that's the connection that you make is this cluttered space creates a cluttered mind, body, and soul. Yes. Well, and so you and I were previously just having a conversation about some eye gut issues that I'm having. And so when we talk about having too much of something, you know, there is something going on inside of my gut that there is too much of something happening. And so in essence, I'm needing to declutter my own gut. <laughs> I mean, and it, it really is. I mean, I can look at pretty almost anything in somebody's life and I can see where clutter is happening. This concept of too much of something that is no, that is no longer serving. Mm-hmm. And so, but one of the, the things that is, how do I describe this? In my home, my home has remained uncluttered. Do I end up with piles of stuff and, you know, things everywhere? Absolutely. And it's not cluttered any longer because everything has a place. I can very quickly put everything back where it's supposed to go because I've got systems. So right now I'm needing to take care of my health. And so that's a lot of that's going to happen in my kitchen because we're talking about my gut health. Well, I love my kitchen now. I did not have a good relationship with my kitchen previously. I used to have piles of dishes all day, every day, where like science experiments were growing. (laughs) And I could do a load of dishes and there would still be dishes in the sink, but I refused to do it by hand. It was a whole thing. That doesn't happen anymore. Right. My kitchen is clear. I have decorated it lovingly. It is a space that I want to be in. And so I can then take care of myself in that space because I'm not distracted by all this other excess. For sure. And it's it's similar in that again, you you create a space in your kitchen that draws you in and allows you to be in it. And then when you're in that space, you feel good. And then when you feel good, you want to create a healthy meal. And then boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. So the domino effect starts to take place, which again is is parallel in that when a woman loves herself and has a good relationship with food, like you have the relationship with your kitchen, 
then suddenly that also is going to be like, well, I'm going to go for the thing that's going to be nutrient dense, whole food, because that's a loving gesture to me. And, you know, the, the, the body is a house for our mental and physical and energetic selves, but so is the houses that we occupy and live in. It's just a bigger extension of ourselves. And I love how you bridge connecting to that space. And, and um, again, similarly, you and I've talked and I've, I've, I, I, of course I follow you and I watch everything you do. And I'm so inspired <laughs> by you, Kate, and everyone should go follow Kate because she's awesome. And I have found that I um, have gained um, insight following you. And, and, and even though I know you, like connecting the dots energetically around the things that are occupying my space. And one of the things I do um, with women, and we talk about shedding the old version of you, you mm. sometimes have to let go of like clothes that, that's the old version of you. You have to let go of the person that you once were because you're stepping and creating this new you. And I actually will tell women, throw out those old clothes that don't symbolize the new version you're creating in your life. If you want a new love in your life, do you actually have room in your closet to accept the receiving of another person coming into your space? Um, you know, it, it, we're intimately connected with our space, but tell Tell me how you like two big rooms, bedroom, kitchen, right? What are the two main rooms that you focus on when you're helping someone create those spaces? Are there certain rooms that people tend to clutter more than others? You know, I, I will say that, yes, the kitchen, the bedroom, these are, these are, oftentimes rooms that have a lot of things going on in them. I wouldn't say, so the bedroom, if, you, if you're talking about clothes and closet. Now I try to get people to also think about the, the bedroom as a whole and you know, let's get the exercise bike out of the bedroom. Let's get the bookcase out of the bedroom. The bedroom needs to be actually a fairly simple space um, to keep the energy kind of quiet and ready for sleep. Yep. Um, the kitchen because so much life happens in it. That being said, um, when I start working with people, a lot of times what they have is that room that the door is always closed to, mm -hmm. that they kind of just open the door, throw something in, slam the door closed. Or the, the same thing will happen with their garage. I have so many people who have garages filled with empty boxes because they open the door, toss you know their Amazon box, in there and slam the door shut and then they end up with like this overwhelming pile of, of cardboard boxes this is a phenomenon that happens all the time why do we do that I, and I tell people I'm like it's it's got you stay on top of it and how long does it take you to break down a box you know if you start thinking about how long does it take to do some of these things and I will actually time myself on some of this stuff <laughs> I, you know, how long did it take me to break down this box? How long did it take me to pick that sock up off the ground, go and put it in the hamper and then walk back to where I was going to go? Right. You know, seven seconds, 23 seconds, whatever it is. But um, when I'm working with people, I just ask them, what is the place that is in essence 
creating the most pain for you. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> sometimes it sheds, sometimes it's addicts. It's, it's a lot of times it's the hidden places. Yeah. So there's this energy that is kind of attacking them at all times from the places that they hide away from themselves and from everybody else. And I would say that that obviously, and you're going to probably agree as a therapist that 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 has deeper meaning, obviously. Oh my gracious. Yes. That that's an area of their inner life inside them that they don't want to go into. That's the room that they keep the door closed to. And that's the room that you and I are prying open with crowbars yes. <laughs> because you want to go in those rooms. Very loving crowbars. <laughs> Here's the crowbar, right? Um, and I think that that you know, you mentioned systems. So I want to touch on that. So tell us some of the systems you have in place, if you would, that helps you stay organized in, you know, pick whatever rooms you want to, to, to touch on that could be helpful for someone trying to implement a simple strategy to kind of just go, okay, you know what, I'm getting in there and I'm going to tackle this room and here's how I'm going to do it. One of the ones that I tell everybody about is the bin in, we have a catch-all room um, and it just, it's, it's an organized catch-all room, but it is a catch-all. And so in it, there is a bin that holds all things sticky. <laughs> and so that means tape, glue, uh, those little sticky dots that you put posters and whatnot up. It's, you know, packing tape, it's it, all those things. So having a, this is where all things that go in this category go. So, you know, that if there's, if the packing tape has gotten out and it's sitting on the kitchen table, you know exactly where that goes. So it's really easy to put it away because you know where it goes. So, but it doesn't have to be, like little, like tiny categories of things. It can be larger categories, like all things sticky. I love that. All things sticky. All of a sudden I'm thinking, <laughs> what I put in my all things sticky drawer? <laughs> uh, other things are like to, well, ultimately it's a place for everything and everything in its place. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have fancy organizational systems. I recently had somebody reach out to me uh, via social media saying, um, I am low income. I don't have the money to get like all these organizational things. And so you don't have to have a bunch of fancy organizational things. You just need to have systems in place. So if you have a shelf, if you take some cardboard and divide that shelf in some fashion to say that, you know, the these things go in this place and these things go in this place. Like that's the way it is. Like in my pantry, I have completely mismatched bins in there, but they are bins that all have a purpose. Like all, you know, pantry uh, condiments go in one, all canned things go in another, all cereals go in another, all pastas go in another. So it's this clarity and then everybody in the household has to know what the systems are so sometimes that's where labels come into play mm -hmm. so that's really if you do nothing else with organizing and creating systems in your home other than identify this is where this stuff lives yeah and this is the new rule 
and we all adhere to this rule, it makes life so much easier. But you also don't want to overwhelm that container. You want to make sure that you're making the stuff fit the container, not trying to make the container fit the stuff. Sure. Like, um, I have these built-in shelves in my closet for shoes. And a carpenter friend of mine made them. They're lovely. When we first got them, I was trying to, and I was actually jamming four pairs of shoes onto one shelf. Well, that yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> Kate, you have lovely shoes. I have seen some of them. Yes, and, and I do love my shoes very, very much. But as I pared them down to, and I I took all of those shoes off of the shelf and put them into a pile and put them in pairs and said, what do I really use? What do I not? We had this, I had this whole thing. And I think I got, got it down to like three pairs per uh, shelf. Well, these shelves really only fit two pair. Mm. I now only have two pairs of shoes on each of these shelves. Yeah. Now I have some other ones that are a little longer, like my Converse, I'll go on one. Sure. But I'm not trying to come up with some sort of Tetris-like system to make more stuff fit on yeah. a shelf. Yes. So here's a question, and this is a deeper question. Mm -hmm. Why are we so attached to our stuff? Oh, boy. Right? Now, mm -hmm. I'm going to preface this by saying um, a couple years ago, when we downsized and we moved from a house that had lots of bedrooms for lots of children that we have into this small farmhouse that we renovated and um, lovingly restored and with our own bare hands because it, we bought it during COVID and we couldn't get anyone to help us. So we learned a lot <laughs> on our own to do, mm -hmm. which was great. Um, wait, I had a point to this. Oh yeah. And so we have decided that we weren't going to take anything. And I did this twice in my life. When I got divorced, I was not going to take anything from my previous house to my new house because it had a memory. It had a stored memory. And when I would look at that thing, I would be like, oh, that's the thing I bought when I was blah, blah, blah. And suddenly it triggered a memory. And I thought, I don't want that energy and I don't want that memory. So I consciously did not bring anything that I had purchased over the course of that marriage. I started completely over. And then when we pared down, we said, okay, so we're not taking anything that we don't absolutely a hundred percent love. If we don't love it, it's not coming with us. And I cannot tell you the number of trips that went to Goodwill. And I was thinking, <laughs> why do I even own this thing? I don't even right. like it. And at first it was hard. I will admit. Mm -hmm. And then it became like this wildfire. I couldn't get rid of stuff fast enough. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden I was like, don't want it. Don't need it. Don't need, it. I don't even nope, in the, Nope. 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 And suddenly what we were moving into this new space and you said closet, like our closet got smaller. And I, I literally had, I had to get rid of stuff. Like there wasn't, there, it wasn't going to fit. Mm -hmm. And I have, I've uh, listened to podcasts by the minimalists and things like that. And um, I love some of their strategies about, you know, you can have really nice stuff, just have one of it. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
you know, and I thought, oh gosh. And so we, my husband and I gave ourselves this challenge of the, you know, put it away. And if you don't go to that box in three months, then just donate it, like box it up. And we were moving anyway. So it was an easy thing to do. I had to box it anyway. Mm-hmm. And so I started packing that closet months before we moved and I packed almost everything away. I, you know, I think that there's, I think you posted this the other day, like the 33, like 33 items that you would wear. Like we really don't We're honestly, how many clothes do we have that we don't wear? And so I remember packing it up. And then when it came time to move it, if I hadn't opened that box to get something out of it, off it went. Yeah. So why do we hang on to our stuff? Kate, mm-hmm. go deep. <laughs> okay. Well, we, we, because human beings are attached to symbolism. Right. So that's our, our quick, easy answer. We, we perceive this symbolism to be necessary in order to give ourselves value, meaning to hold on to memories. We become attached. We're attached to the past. We're attached to the future that hasn't happened. And those things actually cause anxiety. So we attach to these items and we give it meaning that if I don't have this, then it means something about me. Or if I do have this, then it means something about me. Um, I used to have multiple bookshelves packed with books, stacked on top of each other, just crazy, crazy, like just all over the place. And as I started working on paring them down, I came to realize that a lot of the books that I had symbolized this thing that I grew up with. I I grew up in this very intellectual family that really values education, information, and books. And so the idea of having Dostoevsky on my shelf, which I never read, by the way, like <laughs> I wasn't reading Tolstoy that was sitting on my book. I tried to read Moby Dick, didn't get very far, you know, tried reading David Copperfield, didn't get very far. Like I had these things. It was like, I was supposed to have them in order to prove my intellect mm-hmm. to prove that I was good enough to prove yeah. something, but they really were not aligned with who I was and what I was doing. And I clearly wasn't reading them. <laughs> and so as I got rid of them, now you describe this phenomenon that most people experience, which is it's hard when you start decluttering, but as you get going, like it feels so good. You want, what else can I get rid of? And you have to be a little careful because at some point you might just start getting rid of everything and you might wonder where did something go. And, but we, we want to hold on to this past. I had a client who had downsized, but had a shed filled with stuff and it was stuff from a previous time in her life when she'd been a dancer Mm. so she was holding on to that previous self yeah talked about letting go of you know our previous selves well that is a lot of that that we do and this then there's the sentimental things of 
I inherited this. And if I, even if I don't like this thing that I inherited from grandma, it represents grandma. So I have to hold on to it. And there's, and I'm bad if I don't want to keep it. So then we feel shame over that. When in reality, if you don't love it, if you're not using it, it's, it's not serving a purpose other than to transfer some weird energy onto you. Yeah. Now, if you inherit something and you love this thing and you display it, like I know somebody who recently decorated her living room with photography equipment, old photography equipment that she had inherited from someone in her family. And she'd been holding on to this stuff and she recently got new furniture and redecorated her living room and now is displaying this stuff lovingly. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, I have a, a girlfriend I was just talking to literally this morning who she had held on to at another time in her life. She had been um, a, an esthetician and she had tons and tons of makeup. Now, this, this is makeup that is decade plus old, which I'm just going to put out there, guys, like bacteria grows in makeup. So please like, uh, just take care of yourselves and replace your makeup. But she's holding on to this stuff because she's holding on to this previous life that was before she was married, before she was a mother, before she uh, owned the yoga studio that she owns that takes so much responsibility and work and everything. And I talked to her today and she had been talking about how she was going through things. And she said she had pared down almost all of that makeup and she had let go of that. And she was feeling so much better because yeah. instead of that attachment to the meaning of these items, she was more so thinking about, this is literally what she said, how often do I wear glitter eyeshadow? Well, now, Kate, I cannot <laughs> about you but you know glitter eyeshadow come on what's not to love about that <laughs> she said she she wears it probably about once a year well I don't even own glitter eyeshadow but now I feel like I need some because I, I want to have a life where I can wear some glitter eyeshadow it, 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 see there you go it's attachment to the idea of having the life in which one wears the glitter eyeshadow exactly that's I just hit the nail on the head because yeah. it's exactly what we do and it's like how we hang on to the size two blue jeans that we got on sale now and, and hoping one day we're going to squeeze ourselves back into them or the, you know, the, the pants that we know will fit us regardless of how many tacos we eat. But here's what I'm going to give a confession. And there might be some of those other women out there that are, that share this affliction. I love to dumpster dive and I love to get a good bargain and I'll pick up something on the side of the road because it's free or it's a good deal. And my husband will have to say, stop it. Stop it. We don't need that thing. But I'm like, but it's free. Mm -hmm. So how many times do you encounter um, people kind of just gathering things because it's a good deal? Now, maybe this came from a scarcity mindset growing up. My parents grew up with dirt floors. I mean, you know, poor and, and. Mm -hmm. And, and I probably rubbed off a little bit of that penny saved is penny earned. Like, you know, money doesn't grow on trees. Like we have all these little yeah. phrases that we grow up with. And it's like, oh, that's a, that's the perfectly good chair. Somebody could use that. I'm, I'm just going to get it. <laughs> what a waste if it doesn't get what you. A waste. Or, yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's, 
I run into that actually very often. And I I think honestly, I, I, a lot of people of, of our generation, yeah, we, many of us grew up want, you know, kind of wanting for, for more. Um, you know, I grew up in a low income family and there was always this, you know, we were always hitting sales. It was, you know, and my dad would even say like, well, if it's on sale, just get it. Even if you don't need it. I mean, my father literally said that to me. Exactly. And, um, then there's, there's the, uh, the free, the, the toiletries that you can have snake from the hotel that you, you stay at or the free swag that you get at some convention that you go to. Um, the idea that because it's free, it has value. And I will tell you a quick story of, from 2006, my husband was in the World Series of Poker. And so, we, yeah, it was it was really interesting, actually. It's this huge convention and there is so much free stuff. Pillows, shot glasses, cigars, um, sunglasses, lighters, it, it, whatever the heck. Uh, and I collected anything and everything and multiples of anything and everything that I could and, and brought all of this stuff home. And I think about this now and go, oh my gracious, all of this stuff because it was free. Yeah. But I didn't need any of this stuff. Right. Did not right. need any of it. Um, yeah, so it's the that idea that free somehow equals value. Yeah. And I think that's a hard one. I think I think that is a hard one. And and one thing I want to touch on because I don't again, this is this is wellness, right? So we're talking about wellness and and actually weaving in this connection of how we take care of our home and our surroundings and the environment in which we spend a lot of time um, and how it affects us emotionally, physically, um, and, and mentally. And it, it does have a weight to it when we are surrounded by things that we, that are full of old energy or, or old memories. It, it actually impacts us on a physical and mental level. It actually prevents us from moving into that new relationship or that new, or that just feeling lighter. Like even when you were discussed, talking about all those things you collected and were, I felt heavy. I felt a heaviness in my body. And I was like, oh, it's, it's weighty to have all these things that don't actually bring any value to our lives. And that's, I mean, again, we're kind of speaking the same language, but in two different ways about how do we how do we find wellness? And you and I are both in this profession for the same reason. Both of us are so passionate about integrating mind, body, soul. You on a, on a level that is more of the, you know, physical plane and how it impacts our emotional health and the, and the emotional reasons we hang on to stuff and, and feel certain ways in spaces Mm -hmm. And me a little bit more in the, you know, the, the body and the, the physical and mental health aspects of the way we love ourselves and nourish ourselves and, 
Um, but it, there is still this energy component and there is this emotional health and wellness and physical health and wellness. If we feel emotionally burdened when we walk into a room, if we feel energetically weighed down when we walk into a space, um, it will impact our physical health. Yes. And I will, I will say that one of the number one phrases that my clients will say after they you know, declutter a space or you know, just a, a drawer or whatever it might be is, I feel lighter. Yes. That is like the number one sentence that I hear yes. from people. Yes. And in the work that I do, I lean into the principles of feng shui a lot. And in feng shui, we're really talking a lot about the flow of energy or chi. And there's, if, if there's a whole bunch of extraneous stuff that is not serving a purpose that energy just gets stuck on those things you know it gets it gets halted right and to have energy have the ability to flow through your home mm -hmm. which is symbolic of your own life flowing you right. have to clear those spaces out you have to have clear paths yes. for energy to flow and in feng shui, they I talk about the different areas of the the mental, emotional, the physical, and the spiritual. Mm -hmm. And that these are the areas that are focused on in feng shui. And it's really just the same stuff that we're all talking. It's amazing how much, how many uh, philosophies or perspectives and everything are in essence kind of a repackaging of similar things just using maybe different language it's we're all kind of saying the same things yeah and so I I do want to point that out to like anybody who's listening that it's not so much about like this one person is the one person who has the the right idea and you have to do exactly what they say because it's likely that they're saying something very similar to somebody else. And, you know, you don't want to overwhelm yourself too much, but these ideas are all interconnected. And it is that, it is that energetic flow, that ability to have freedom and lightness in your life that pretty much all practitioners in health and wellness like you and I are really aiming at whether that particular language is used or not. A hundred percent. And I love the way you just described that because I think, and this is a great way to sort of wrap up, which is, you know, we talk about physical health and wellness. I do. Um, we, we both talk about emotional health and wellness, but one of the things that I think we need to talk more about, and I definitely want to bring more emphasis into this is the energy, uh, health, the, our energetic health and wellness. And, um, you know, one of the things that you do is you help people create flow and a flow of energy in their home, which then they feel. And mm -hmm. similarly, I help people create flow inside their bodies, I open up the chi. I don't, I don't do it. I just help them rediscover how to do it, but it's the same thing. I help women rearrange 
the furniture on the inside. Like mm-hmm. we, we move a chair, we, we get rid of a stored trauma, poof, it's gone. Now we have flow. We have another memory that I help someone remove, which releases a limiting belief, a false belief. And then poof, all of a sudden there's this flow of love that comes up through their body and they feel it. And it's, you know, you're helping women absolutely connect those, the outer and the inner and, and me kind of in a different way. Um, but it's, we're, we're kind of just energy workers. Can I say that we're energy workers, Kate? We are absolutely, absolutely. We are energy workers. You do not have to, you know, just do Reiki specifically, you know, to exactly to be to we just like you're describing this and and it's so symbiotic it really is it's the 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 flow within the body yeah the flow within the space that the body lives Uh And, and and I teach women to recognize and I'm sure you do this too when you walk into a room you're gonna feel something and so what I help women do is tap into where in your body do you feel it and what 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 does it look like? What color is it? How does it, let's describe it. Let's, and now, you know, if it's attached to a memory or an emotion, let's move that out. And it really is, um, understanding our connection to, you know, as energy beings, it's a connection to ourselves. It's a connection to the people in our environment. And it's a connection actually to the things in our environment because it's all energy. And, you know, again, we're speaking the same language, but in different ways and um, moving the energy on the inside of a person is kind of my jam and moving the stuff in a room is your jam, but it basically is the same jam. We're in the same jar of jelly, which is, (laughs) we're all jamming in here, which is that it's recognizing and sensing and, and helping women connect to that energetic lightness that yes. is felt when you have flow, when you're in the flow, when you have flow, that's where the soulful living is. Absolutely. Can I get an amen on that one? Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate, is there anything that you want to take um, and impart on anyone that's listening, like some, some simple nuggets. Uh, we already touched on so many, but is there anything that you would say to someone like, you know what I'm considering, I don't know where to start. I feel stuck. I mean, that's how people enter my world too, but how would you help someone move from point A to point B? If you could say, all right, do this one thing, do this one exercise. This is when, you know, it's time to declutter. Yeah, you know, this might sound kind of simplistic, but this is what I say to everyone. So first of all, we can talk all day long about taking action, but at some point we have to actually take action. Mm-hmm. Now, the overwhelm comes into play in what you just said of, I don't know where to start. Yep. And I tell everybody, all roads lead to Rome. So there's therefore... There is no wrong place to start. So walk into a room and pick up one thing. One thing that's been bugging you. 
one thing that annoys you, one thing that's easy, or one thing that's gigantic and is going to make a huge difference in the room, whatever it is that you're drawn to, one thing. Mm. Remove that one thing from your home. Don't just put it in the garage. <laughs> Actually, if it is if it is trash, put it in a trash in the trash bin outside. If it is to be donated, donate it. Do, but remove it from your home and then see how you feel. That's good. And then the next day, do another one. Yeah. If you just start with one thing, if you if you decluttered one thing every day mm. for three hundred and sixty five days, that's a that that's going to make an impact. Holy heck. That's great advice. I think that um, I I worked with someone today and she said, I just feel stuck. And I think that is so, you know, we started this podcast with that and it kind of, it's kind of come full circle, whether you feel stuck in life and you don't know how to connect to the soulful part of yourself, then reach out. I can help you with that. If you feel stuck in your environment and you don't know how to move that, reach out to Kate, because you know what? We're both here to help you get unstuck and to create flow and lovely, beautiful chi flowing in your house and through your body, because we're here to live a soulful life. Love it. Thank you, Kate. And for anyone who wants to get in contact with Kate, Kate, how can they get a hold of you? Boy, there are so many ways. Um, The first place is my website at uh, soulfulspacecoaching.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at soulfulspace.coaching. And I encourage people to check out my Facebook group, and that is the ditch shirt. Now, am I, can I swear? <laughs> I think so. Okay. <laughs> it's the ditch your shit society on Facebook. <laughs> and it is a wonderful community of people who are on decluttering journeys and sharing their um, difficulties as well as their wins and victories and helping each other. And then finally, I encourage anyone to uh, join my email list to get lots of extra fun pointers, tips, nuggets, etc., soulful just insight and uh that you can go to soulfulspacecoaching.com uh backslash newsletter because in fact it is a newsletter. I think it's just not a very sexy word for, you know, <laughs> a, a weekly email. <laughs> that is awesome. That is awesome. Well, Kate, thank you. Lovely to connect with you as always. And if you're needing movement in your life and you feel stuck on a personal level and you need to declutter some of your energetic stuff, traumas, past ickiness, limiting beliefs, false beliefs, then if there's any way I can help you, then reach out to me as well. Awesome. All right, Kate, thank you so much. Go be awesome. Stay awesome. And it's so great to connect with you. You too, as always. 